On the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go, and you found it. Welcome to the Nightwise.com podcast, the one and only podcast with hacks, tips, and tweaks for cross-platform geeks. My name is Nightwise, and together with a whole gaggle of geeks, I will be your host on this episode of the Nightwise.com podcast. As usual, I don't know what season or what episode this is, but that's okay. We're a couple of weeks into the COVID-19 lockdown, and we don't even know what day it is. What I do know is who I have with me in the studio because we're going to talk about the renaissance of digital technology. I'm going to go around the room to introduce everybody. So if you guys can just state me your name, your geeky profession, and your location, because we're broadcasting across the planet, uh, I'll start out with the one that's actually closest to me, McFreeze. Good morning. McFreeze here in the Netherlands. Uh, and my geeky factor in this is that I'm an IT manager. Moving along, Regravity. So, uh, well, Regravity, or otherwise known as Tim. Um, I'm a multimedia specialist uh, here in Australia. And running up, Katie Murray. Producer Katie Murray, in from Canada. The, the sometimes present producer of the Nightwise.com book. Ah, uh, every, everything about Nightwise.com is sometimes present. We are like the northern light of podcasting. Whenever it shows up, everybody stops and looks. Hey guys, um, thank you for coming along. This is the first time that we're recording in Discord. So we are actually also moving the nightwise.com production along in a more collaborative feature. And the impact of uh, the whole COVID-19 thing is of course something that we have all you know, noticed. We're stuck at home, we're working remotely, and we've suddenly seen that there's a world around us that is embracing digital technology in order to bring people closer together. And this recording actually is a little bit of uh, a sign of the times where we decided uh, under Tim's expert guidance to set up a uh, Discord server. I think that Keith set it up actually. Uh, and we made some audio channels and started to hang out together. And suddenly we came to the conclusion, this is actually excellent to record a podcast. So we got a we, we got a team here today of technology professionals, and what I wanted to talk about is how did you experience not the social impact of the whole of the whole COVID nineteen quarantine, but more the digital impact. So I'll try to go around the room and you know just ask everybody what they're working with currently, how they are working, and how they've seen their environment change. So, uh, Keith, what do you think? How's, how's, how have things changed for you? I, I'm going to probably have one of the more boring stories. Um, my, my team day-to-day um, -day, uh, is already a globally distributed, fairly virtual team. So as far as our day-to-day -day sort of uh, our work goes, uh, a lot of it hasn't changed all of that much. Um, the, the folks on my team that most enjoy being in the office and sort of having that, that social connection and being able to work together in the same space have, um, you know, had to adjust. Um, but I have team members distributed across seven cities globally. And, um, so as a result of that and, and almost, uh, almost as uh, crazy a time zone mix as we've got on the show here today. So, um, for the, a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff hasn't changed too much because uh, we've had to be a, a, a sort of fairly virtual distributed team for a while. Um, where I've noticed the bigger change is on um, my daughter's school. Uh -huh. uh, so, of course, she's not at school. Uh, she is uh, attending uh, classes virtually. And this is, you know, primary education. So they're uh, fairly young 
kids uh, for the most part and having to learn how to use Microsoft Teams and uh, deal with what is more advanced digital technology for submitting online coursework than I did through my entire university degree. So it's uh, it's been interesting to watch that and how easily, really, the, the, they have adapted to it. Um, doing online virtual Zoom group meetings with uh, some students and, and the teacher every day, and then being able to sort of work digitally and and submit and 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 you know get all of their get all their work and assignments done uh it's certainly a a an environment that they need to adjust to um but uh, it seems to have gone fairly well so far from what i awesome how about you tim um yeah my my usual working life is in an office of course i think most of ours would normally be um I've changed my practice, of course, in the same rate as everyone else. So from being normally office-based um, five days a week, um, and then sometimes I'd also have like maybe one day a week where I'd work from home. I'm now working from home five days a week, uh, or I was. I'm, I'm on leave now, thankfully. Um, but alongside my wife as well, who's not typically someone who would work from home. So she works as a, an inbound call uh, consultant, for the same group that I work for. And, um, you know, so her normal daily-to-day life is go into the office, unpack the laptop, uh, get that set up, and then work with her colleagues, you know, face-to-face, as well as also working remotely, I suppose, over the, the telephone with, uh, with customers. Whereas now she's doing that all from home. So for my working life, going from an office with a nice desk, with uh, some, some space and some people, some like unlimited coffee, I'm now sort of forced to use my kitchen table because my wife uses my office uh, so we can she can do her customer calls as well as I can then also work and have conversations with the rest of my team as well. Awesome. And and how about you, McFreeze? Well, for me and my team, nothing has changed that much besides that we work from home uh, almost all the time instead of uh, regularly. But for the organization I work for, it has been a major digital revolution. Because you want to you want to talk about that because you did some awesome stuff there. Um, yeah, well, to start with, just uh, the in-house people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to clarify, I work for uh, an organization that's the the backbone of uh, four counties in the Netherlands, <clears throat> and our organization itself. Uh, from one day, uh, uh, Friday, everybody was in the office, and on Monday, there was decided that uh, we should all work from home as soon and as uh, uh, yeah, almost everybody. That was a, a revolution, and not in digital sense, because we had the infrastructure, we had uh, our work environment is VDI. Uh, the only thing I had to do was uh, order more two factor authentication tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was quite difficult because everybody was buying two-factor authentication <laughs> tokens and webcams. Uh, yeah, well, webcams—I uh, missed out on that one. But uh, in two days, we had over 350 people working uh, from home instead from the office. That was quite a bit of work, but not that difficult. Uh, but then came the uh, digital meetings. Uh, okay. Most of our people are equipped with either an iPhone or maybe even an iPad, and some have laptops. Not that many laptops, so that's a, a big thing to arrange if, if you're in mm-hmm. a lockdown. Mm-hmm. And the meetings, the biggest thing I've noticed, where's the most hubbub about, is the, the meeting 
etiquette uh, in your digital environment. Use a headphone. Uh, yes. Close down the mic when you're not talking. Uh, yes. Be a bit patient. And that, that made some hubbub in the organization. That was all internally. So mm -hmm. after about a week, everybody was at work again. And I've got an RT team, which uh, four people <clears throat> are still in the office. They all enjoy a very large own office now instead of the share one because of the social distancing. Yes. And what we had uh, going on politically in our, uh, in our little counties is that, um, I don't know if it's a thing in, uh, in, in the States or in Canada or maybe even in Australia, but what they're doing here is we have got uh, 285 little counties and because of scale advantages, they're starting to unite them in bigger counties. And there's a political procedure which takes a lot of time, which uh, is very delicate. And we were rather far in a procedure to go in a uh, cooperation situation with two other counties. But it had to be politically decided and it had to be in public and it had to be according to all the rules that's uh, laid down in the law. And those rules state that you've got to be physically present for a vote. Yeah. And we were working together with... Uh, uh, the mayors and, and, and the, 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 the councils themselves to make a situation that all those four counties could have a digital meeting, could mm -hmm. have a vote. And all we had to uh, hope for was that a change of law was uh, published in, in, in the right way mm -hmm. so that it was a legal procedure. And it all came together. So uh, we were the first four counties to have a digital meeting with voting capacity, which was legal uh, on the day it was able, uh, it was allowed to do so. Which was quite a nice experience. It is. It is amazing to 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 hear you say the the word legally valid. Uh, I, I suddenly I, I've seen a couple of situations here, uh, example in, in in this country as well, where um, the way of innovating was was mostly held back by by litigation and by people in litigation who didn't want to change um you can when you buy a house here you have to go to the to the notary office and you have to sign your uh your it's kind of a document and this has always been um something that needs to be done uh on premise, so you need to take you, you. You're buying a house, so all the parties go to the notary office and they sign the document. Blah blah blah. Now, because of COVID nineteen, of course, nobody could go to the notary office anymore. So they pushed through this change where you can now digitally sign your notary lease. Um, and that was something I talked to to one of my clients, who's who's the who's the the, the notary um, agent. She said, like, we were pushing for this for five years and they had the hands in the, in, you know, they, they had the heels in the sand and they were going like, no, 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 no. And in two weeks time, that change was pushed through because there were either going to be no note release assigned, which meant no money for anybody or, you know, doing it digitally. And, and I, I love the fact how legislation is changing under pressure of, of, um, of, of this, this situation. Um, well, for me personally, I uh, work a couple of days as a subcontracting project manager for a company in Brussels. Uh, I went on site for four days and worked from home for one day. 
I'm working from home five days. I have only seen a slight increase in productivity so far. Um, as for our our my own little company where we give uh, workshops and trainings, of course, all of the workshops that we organized are canceled. All of the speaking engagements are canceled. But we have found that there was a sudden need for webinars. And uh, we have, I think that we have until the end of the month, if I go uh, look back at the beginning of, uh, of the lockdown, which was, um, let's say, April 1st, we are having, I think that we are going to organize 22 webinars. So suddenly we find ourselves in a totally different um, situation where the classic classroom that we have downstairs is being converted into an office and uh, into a studio and where I suddenly find my podcasting and streaming skills, which until then had been a hobby, suddenly becoming um, a vital part uh, and a competitive advantage to to the other parties that are, you know, on the same playing field. It's, it's, it's bizarre because the adaptation of the clients is they're like, they're immediately there. I mean, they don't want, they, they don't, they can't have face to face. So yeah, sure. Web Skype meetings, fine. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I don't know, things move along a lot smoother. So has it been a big, um, has it been a big shift for clients or did they adapt it pretty easily? I think that they adapted pretty easily. Um, we have actually had for the online webinars, the online workshops, so much higher attendance uh, because it's easier. And then I, I thought of myself. You know, one of the things I've always said to entrepreneurs working with 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 uh, technology, and and which has also always been the uh, the the core of of the nightwise.com podcast let technology work for you make it easier for your customers and then i looked back at myself and i went like wow the company that i had that gave workshops was really oriented towards physical presence and it's overrated i'm not saying i mean we talked about this uh, mcfreeze uh before the recording started that you know being on stage in a crowd is a different experience than doing a webinar or a virtual meeting but the a virtual meeting isn't as detrimental to the delivery of content as a face-to-face -face, uh, meeting is than we thought. Um, I'm not sure if I'm expressing that right, but that's what I'm feeling. And, and the clients kind of get it, I guess. So there's been pretty good uptake then with the, the digital content. It hasn't been a big, um, you know, people aren't complaining that the quality is no good because it's digital. I think that the internet responded massively well. It almost looks like the internet was made for a situation like this. <laughs> Let me see, DARPA, <laughs> radiation, <laughs> not being to go, being able to go outside, stuck in a bunker. It's almost the same thing. There's, there's one more thing I would like to add. That's something that I noticed in our organization. Um, technically, Working from home, uh, that has always been an option. Uh, mm -hmm. Just like I said, we only had to have the two-factor authentication tokens in place. And I've been uh, involved in the selection procedure and the distribution of those tokens. And, and just noticed that in some departments, the manager says, 
well, everybody should be able to work from home. And in other departments, the manager is quite strict and says, well, no, that's, that's not pliable for the line of business that we're working in. And I had my thoughts about that because we handle information. Everybody should be able to work from home. And this pressure, what's now happening is that the departments that always had an attitude like, well, no, people should be in the office. You've got to have meetings. You've got to see each other in the eye. Are now forced to use the digital revolution that people like us have been writing for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And it works. And the people that work for those departments are all like, well, we should have done this a long time ago because uh, I'm not traveling anymore. It's easier. Um, and of course, we miss the office. And of course, we would like to have more social interaction. But work-wise, it's okay. It works. End of discussion. I, I've actually noticed that it that I do notice that the working days are more intense because you are there's no going out for you know there's no walking up to the coffee machine and having a chat by the water cooler and stuff it's all formal and that makes it a lot more intense uh, that's something I have noticed yeah like so some of the some of the benefits that I've I've noticed for myself obviously is being able to get that, that larger amount of work done over a shorter amount of time um, but then. Conversely, I've also seen that some of my colleagues, and, and I'm also not immune from this, um, we won't log in from 8.30 till 5 anymore. We'll log in from sort of 8 o'clock till 6 or 7 o'clock at night. So the the extension of hours, in, and it's not so much that it's expected, it's just that you're at home, so you're already comfortable, you haven't travelled, you haven't had to spend some money getting lunch or whatever it is. So that little bit of time you've had for your lunch break or that little bit of time um, you've, you've had for a few breaks here and there, you just add to the end of the day. Um, or at least that, that's, that's what I've found myself and my colleagues doing. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost as if your mind is, treats what was your commute time as part of your workday. Yeah. So you would leave the house at 7.30 or 8 o'clock and get to the office at 8.30 or whatever and... Now you're not commuting, but your brain is still like, oh, well, it's time to leave for work. Okay, I'm here. And as much as that's also without thrilling. a commute, it's it's still the same, maybe the same amount of time. Yeah, as much as that's 13 feet from your bedroom now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that our bio clocks are still set to got to get up, got to get the train, got to get to Starbucks, got to get my coffee, got to get to work, you know. Um, and, and I noticed that, that I'm still up at, at six. I don't know about you guys, McFreeze. Did you have a long commute? No, it was only about 20 to 30 minutes. Oh. Uh, but what has been said, it's, it's part of my work day now. And, mm-hmm. and quitting work at the end of the day is far more difficult than it was when I was in the office. Mm. Yeah, work-life balance is is kind of a downside there. <laughs> but I think for companies, if we take a look, okay, if we take a look at this, you know, I've I've... I've read a, a beautiful article. Uh, it's a Dutch article yesterday about the, the golden at uh, the golden age, the digital golden age we're going towards, and that that kind of inspired me for for the Renaissance quote. Where, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm not original. I just copy things. Uh, I steal really well. Um, but it was it was it was uh, a fact where they said, you know, how in hell's bells are you going to convince somebody a year from now to voluntarily get in a car? go be stuck in traffic to come to an office to plop in his laptop in a network that he could connect to from home. 
how in hell's bells are you going to convince people to do that? And that's the thing that I'm thinking about. You know, when all of this is over, are we going to slide back into, you know, the technologists among us are going like, oh, the golden age. I know I'm just, you know, streaming flowers. I'm like, you know, the, the age of Aquarius down here, you know. Um, but, you know, what, what, what if this is over? Yeah, I know the mental pictures right there. Uh, what if this is over? I mean, are we going to slide back into, into drone mode? Into into the way we used to do things, I don't think we will. Um, I, I was exploring this as an, in an article I wrote about a week ago, and um, I don't think we will. Remote is the new normal. Um, my my putting my futurist hat on, uh, my future technologist hat on. I can see that we're going to have large corporations and companies, you know, your ten thousand stuff or more company, being virtual in in its capacity, um, its only physical presence, you know, remaining that inside of a data center than, than actual shops and bricks and mortar offices and and things, unless they've got some type of uh, customer facing function where they need to have presence. I don't think, I think we're gonna have, have a, a large amount of expenditure removing physical presence from businesses. So offices and, and, and shop fronts and those things pushed back into their technology stack. And hopefully at the same rate of, of expansion uh, the technology itself, whether it be from the software or the hardware, just gets that much better again to support the, those kind of work cases. My my real belief here is that from you know maybe the end of this year or maybe even a little earlier, you're going to be able to start a job on sorry uh, you're going to be able to end a job on on Friday from one company and start a job on Monday for the next company, onboarding, training, support, recognition retirement everything from your kitchen table you won't need to actually physically approach uh, a, a workplace other than the the, the physical uh, maybe a couple of signing forms or things here and there any of you guys disagree nope because i'm going to be testing that theory in about three weeks time um so we had a bunch of students that um you know we we bring in uh student workers you know co-op students to you know, get work experience within the company and, and that sort of thing. Hot um, trainees. Hot trainees, <laughs> sure. Yeah, hot off the presses. Um, but occasionally we will interview students from other cities. So we're already doing virtual interviews for the students on a fairly regular basis. Well, now we're going to be virtual onboarding them. So they haven't been in the office to sign a, a work contract. That was done digitally. They aren't going to be coming in to pick up a laptop. That's going to be set up for them and couriered out to their house. And uh, in three weeks' time, I get my first student that's going to be starting with my team, and we're going to be doing virtual onboarding for him as well. And, you know, it's entirely feasible that his entire work term with us, we won't be allowed to be in the office. Uh, McFreeze, how about you? Are, are you going to do a complete, you know... Uh... We never saw a situation where you never ever saw your coworkers' pants. <laughs> For me, what we've got here is uh, we're all from our from the same region. Our commutes mm -hmm. are not that long, so if I talk to my uh, colleagues directly from the IT department, uh, mm -hmm. they adapt. They 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 will use this more often if they're allowed to, and that, that won't be an issue. But I speak a lot of other co-workers that from different departments, and you'd be amazed how many of them are really waiting to get back to the office just because it's part of their routine. It's a different environment. Being stuck in the house all day is 
convenient and safe at the moment, but I don't think that all of them are in, in the mindset that this will be my new uh, way of working. I think that there's a lot of people that are still waiting just to get back to the office. I love the fact that we are now in a situation where digitally it's the golden age. We have the resources, we have the the software. I mean, the internet, the internet caught the world when it stumbled, and it held. You know, there's there was this one moment where we we need we had this massive shift towards the online, and the internet said like, "We got you, dude. No problem." So the question is whether or not we're going to slide back because at, at the one end we have what McFree says you know we have the, uh, the 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 fact that you know people are used to going to the office people feel lonely there's a social factor that that counts and on the other hand we see that there is the the the, the cost option to consider i mean i i sit in a floor uh, in i sit on a on an uh, open office floor for an it department that is now empty uh, we had a, a coworker going in, kind of like our Chernobyl drone, and he went like, I went through the office and it was empty, the entire floor. Now, I know approximately what it costs to rent a floor in the center of Brussels, and it's not cheap. So there's an economic factor there. There's an efficiency factor there. And I think that if you count in what it costs you to have people come into the office and to rent that office versus what you're going to lose on efficiency when they're working from home in their pajamas, I would like to make that that's that 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 calculation. But the one thing we need to consider, and that we haven't talked about, is when the quarantine gets lifted, and it's not going to get lifted overnight. You know, it's not going to be like you're free. Uh, we are going to go back into what people uh, what what we can see is a hostile world. Our our environment. I'm going shopping you know, grocery shopping and, you know, the grocery store, that's like a hostile territory. I've got like gloves on and I've got like one of these facial shields and the outside cannot be trusted anymore the way we trusted it before. You know, you just plop down on a train and, you know, stretch out your legs and you put your hands behind you. And now you go like, oh my God, there could be germs anywhere. Is that a Sounds factor like as well? Wi-Fi. <laughs> we're going to start treating we're going to start treating the rest of our lives the way that technologists have been treating public Wi-Fi for the last uh, years. Yeah. Which is, the, hey, uh, if I got to use this public thing, then I need I need protection. But <laughs> yeah, but I mean, thinking about just sort of thinking about this maybe a slightly different way. You look at how um, today, you know, people have to go into the office and they get to work from home. Hmm. In the other you know, the new paradigm is work from home is the default and you get to go into the office when you want to go into the office. So now that's a, you know, it becomes a, a perk. So we, you know, there's maybe limited office space and you book a, you book a desk in an office when you need to see people face to face or when you feel like, you know, you need to get out of the house because you've been in there for all week and haven't had a chance to go anywhere. But it becomes a case of getting to work from the office instead of having to work from the office. Yeah, and uh, really smart businesses. Um, just to extend on that for, for KD, um, really smart businesses will understand that almost immediately. And their office spaces, like you said before, Nightwise, the whole entire floors of office space that are empty that are c costing enormous amounts of rent, um, they'll become co-working spaces. They'll 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 have to evolve into a, a co-working environment. Oh man, I'm gonna take a look at the real estate in Brussels and the region around that. That's gonna be a slaughterhouse. Because it's all office buildings, 
and they're just putting out more. It's bizarre. And you know, we Belgium, small country, Brussels, heart of Belgium. Uh, getting there uh, is drag. Uh, Antwerp, same thing. And yet, they all the companies are there. Uh, you know, they they put up their main offices there, which is really illogical, but you know, it's the way it is. Um, so I'm going to see that change. The thing that I I, I want to come back on, uh, Keith, I'll pick up on on you there. Coming into the office is a perk, but you know, what if the world outside is like you say? It's it's like public Wi-Fi, or I, I don't know. Going outside is like running IE six. <laughs> and, and totally unpatched. <laughs> I love it. But it's actually, you know, there's 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 this. You you have a couple of vulnerabilities, and there's one major zero day which we have right now. So how's, how, is that going to affect things, do you think? Or is that something that us office workers only think? Because you're, if you're a cashier at Walmart, you don't you know what you haven't got. got a choice. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it's, it's going to have a, a massive knock-on effect. When we all go, go back to work and we have that, if we do have the choice of it's remote versus this, this physical presence thing, the biggest uh, people in my mind, they're all the small businesses, the ones who actually have a physical presence, whether it be a coffee shop or your small lunch location, or you know, it might be just the the little knickknack store that you get your fancy stationery from down like on the corner. All of those who re- rely on that level of foot traffic are going to be oh, so yeah. so impacted by by us having to have the choice. So our luxury of choosing to go to the office for the day um, is is going to be. You know, they're, they're slight salvation, but it'll only be, you know, in small pockets. So they'll have to change their business model or, or evolve to to take care of that. Um, the other interesting point you had there was around what's it like, you know, are we going out into the world in an unpatched IE6? I play a lot of video games, and one of the games I love is Fallout uh, or the Fallout series. Mm-hmm. It feels almost in that post-apocalyptic nuclear radiation type, you know, when you're in the, in the game, you... Um, you gather a lot of things outside, you bring them back to your house, you, you do things with them, and you feel very, very safe in your little house that you've built. And then to go back outside again, you, you put the face shield on, you put the, the helmet on and the, the army, army gear on and take a weapon with you so you're, you're prepared for anything you're going to encounter outside. I'm wondering if we, not to that extreme, of course, but I'm wondering if we will still see the, the use of masks and face shields and and that kind of personal protection equipment for at least the next you know, year or two, even after it's deemed as being safe out there. Yeah, I think we'll certainly see it for uh, to some extent, certainly more than we had seen it before. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't uncommon around here to see people with masks um, even beforehand, right? Because it's, you know, it's in some parts of the world, that's the norm. If you're sick or you might be sick, you wear a mask because you are trying to keep other people from getting whatever you've got and you know i think now that people see how that can actually be effective potentially in some cases you know that might be more of a norm going forward hmm. Hmm. if anyone if anyone hasn't i think right now would be the time um, or probably six months ago was the time to be able to invest in um stocks and shares in anyone who or any company that makes hand sanitizer or cleaning products yeah. or think they'd be, <laughs> be well on well, local, local distilleries around here are doing that yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing the same here in australia there's australia has a very big craft brewery um culture and there's now been a, a big push in the last week two or three years towards like gin distilleries and whiskey distilleries and a lot of those have now spent 
you know, upwards of $50,000 refitting some of their gear to just pump out hand sanitizer like it's no going out of fashion. We're, we're all going to be like the guy from Monk, if you remember the TV show. <laughs> ah, no, it's a, it's a really interesting discussion. The one final topic that I want to want to touch on is, uh, and that we haven't actually talked about, is how 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 awesome did technology, you know, come to uh, come to the rescue? We have seen the uh, not only you know the social and the behavioral shift towards you know online is okay, but you know how great was it that um that we had all of these services standing by i mean like teams skype um zoom um uh discord uh slack you name it i mean there were a bunch of platforms there ready to catch us and a lot of um you know the cloud really i think that the the cloud also really proved it its existence and I want to go into um, <clears throat> McFreeze because you're you're an IT uh, professional running the nuts and bolts. Um, how has it been for you guys? Because you were working with VDIs uh, in in uh, ahead of time. Do you see uh, the way of working that you have right now impacting the way that infrastructure is gonna gonna work? Well, the infrastructure is probably never going to go back to the way it was before we had this because the emphasis on uh, remote capabilities and sharing is, is far more present now than it has ever been before in our organization. Mm -hmm. And mind you, we're, go we're government, so we're uh, stacking a little bit behind on the smaller operations, but it will never go back. And the, the pressure to uh, adapt something like VDI it was for the IT department because of the management capabilities and it was easier to distribute and it's more flexible. But the user space now wants to be able to not go into the office or use any office or stay at home for a week, but still be productive. Yeah. And, um, and one of the things that's going to change, I suppose, as well, is that the next job interview you have, you're going to be asked, uh, they're going to inquire if you're comfortable wearing pants, and if not, <laughs> if you were able to work from home. <laughs> There's so many good show topics, you know, post-COVID-19, pants optional. This, this will be a good <laughs> I think one of the tutorials you need to make to Nightwise just to be able to train companies on will be how to shoot from the waist up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually, I, I, I didn't want to say it out loud, but I did a webinar for about 100 people yesterday and uh, I was, I, I had shorts on and then I was cold and it was already evening and I went like, shit, you know, what do I do? So I just put on a shirt and pajama pants and I did the mm -hmm. webinar and it was rock and roll. I just had slippers and pajama pants and a, a fancy dress shirt. And I did the whole professional webinar. Uh, it's yeah. Life from the waist up. That's how this, I did this, my interview. <laughs> but this, this well, I, had, I, I had an interview for uh, another student today and I had pajama pants and a dress shirt. <laughs> Great. I, I, you were I, saying? I yeah. Oh, that's one thing that technology will be able to solve in, in just a matter of time because Teams just has got an update, which is useless in my opinion, where you can change your background. Yes. Mm. I think they should get an option that you can change your outfit. Yes. So you just wear <laughs> hey. a t-shirt. Oh, there's a formal conversation. I put on the, the suit and boop, it's there. I mean, it's in a Zoom. New, a, a new detector. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
It just tracks your yeah, nipples. Auto, and auto it... black out the camera if it thinks you're uh, wearing. A oh no no! It just it just puts it just paints a, a fake like a cardboard looking suit on top of you if you yeah. didn't realize. Or the or the sensor bars, the black sensor out bars. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it takes the position of your nipples and then it maps the shirt accordingly, just like you know all the Snapchat filters take the position of your eyes and your mouth. And it, it oh actually God, that would totally work. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, you, you know, once once we've once we've published this podcast, we're going to have like those filters appear immediately overnight on Snapchat. And, yeah, and, you yeah. Know, I, then I just, we'll know I just, just how popular this podcast really is. Exactly. Yeah. Can somebody start a project on GitHub? GitHub called <laughs> Nipple Tracker or something like that. You you might even be able to use this Nipple instead of Face ID. You get uh, Nipple ID. Oh, oh and it was such a nice show, and then it went. I don't know how that would work at an ATM if I had to show my nipple to the ATM. <laughs> okay, post COVID nineteen, the age of the golden nipple. There's a there's a show topic. So, um, Keith, you're actually working at an ISP. Uh, so you guys are, are are the backbone of all of this. Have you, I don't know if you know, but have you seen an increase in traffic? Because, you know, oh, yeah. the net's holding up pretty fast, pretty, pretty well. Yeah, um, there definitely has I mean, definitely been uh, increases in traffic. A um, lot of changes in just how we approach things. So when you think about, like, technicians installing things in homes. Oh, yeah. We can't go into homes to install your internet now. Nope. Hostile environment. So, right. So what do you do? So what we've done a lot is uh, remote technician appointments. So they will bring what was supposed to be installed for you, drop it off at your door, and then video call you from the truck and walk you through the install. Wow. You, you just, the, again, like the, the futurist fiction writer sort of person in me is just like gone exploded on that bit of knowledge and thought imagine like you have a, a telephone hookup or you have your gas or your power connected into a, a, a pretty standardized power unit imagine if like all of your internet and services are just a, a clip-in unit they just you want, to, want an upgrade they walk up to your house pull the old one out put the new one in clip you're done that's that's an apartment building right when you get yeah. an apartment building yeah. with proper internet run through the building you have fiber into the basement and then everybody's got you know 500 megabit ethernet or internet or whatever to their 100 meg ethernet to their house their yeah, individual right. units you want to change providers well you just swap the fiber connection in the basement and boom done it's going to be a very very interesting time i think uh both during the lockdown which the longer the lockdown or the quarantine measures go the more Im embedded the new way of living is going to become. So it's going to be interesting uh, how we're going to come back from this, this or how we are going to move forward from this. Um, and um, There is no back, right? It's, no all, back. it's all no going to be forward. There's no back going back after this. Yeah, yeah. I think that that, that ship has sailed. Um, and COVID-19, uh, unfortunately, takes a lot of lives, but it's, it's also taken... The, the the massive casualties that I am applauding for this for, for, is 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 the the casualties of of um, of of old habits of dogmas of things that no you should be in the office to work no you should be present to work no you need to have contact with your colleagues to be productive that is something that no you can't chat in the office because that is chatting is seen as you know leisure 
So that is something that that those casualties can be counted along as well. And a lot of those dogmas died as we're moving along. So that's that's also a very interesting uh, way of looking at it. Um, we are almost running out of time. So I just want to wrap up this episode. And I think that we, we're going to do a, something like a follow-up episode next week where we pick up the topic and, and go further or we do something entirely different. Uh, I, I, what I what I want to close up with is um, that this new normal, this new world where we are in our homes, uh, where we are, where where the 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 outside is like running IE six and going to Pornhub. Um, it has brought us closer together. What I've saw is what I've seen is when we were all together. Everybody was on their smartphone and we were digitally divided. And now we are physically divided, yet digitally together. So that's that's also a nice paradigm that that I want to think about. I want to thank you guys for coming out and about and I wanna wanna state how how great it is that in isolation it has given us the opportunity to come together and actually do a round table like this, which which is 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 fairly which is fairly uh, rare in in the nightwise.com community. So the question is, have we, um, you know, how is this, how do you see the world post COVID-19 in just a couple of words? Uh, Keith. After we get through whatever this is going to become and it's over the next, you know, weeks, months, year or so, by the time we get through all of this, um, I think people are going to realize, you know, how precious that time that outside physical contact time can be and mm-hmm. you know i think we won't waste it on work we we'll, won't waste our our mental social energy on work stuff right work from home be, get work done and then go and have that social time have that connected um with people when you can spend it the way you want to that's beautiful uh McCree's? I think that people will be more aware of uh, social space and take some things less for granted. Yeah, true. Uh, Timmy? I think um, for me, the big one's going to be just the a similar line, the gratitude that uh, we all should have for being able to go outside and be able to, to socially mix. Um I'm a pretty social person and I really miss being able to have a beer down the pub with some friends. Um, it's not the same doing it via a digital Skype Zoom world with, you know, five or ten people in a room and a glass of wine. It's uh, it's novelty right now, but it'll very soon become uh, become tiring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to close up on that one by a thought that crossed my mind yesterday. Um, we have been re-watching, uh, as many probably have, Friends uh, on Netflix. And um, when you watch those episodes, you kind of get a, a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's light entertainment there, you know. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's an upbeat show. And yesterday I, I compared it to to having kind of like a warm comfort blanket around you just watching friends in in a time like this and then i thought why why do we you know why do we gravitate towards it it's it's like comedy it's not post apocalyptic hell we don't need that right now we are post apocalyptic um 
But the thing that makes friends really nice is then it dawned on me as it's like, it's because they're together. They're hanging out face to face, being together in each other's apartments, doing stuff together. And that's the one thing we can't do right now. So um, in the post COVID-19 world, if there ever is one like that, where, you know, going outside is like IE6, I think that's what you said, that the physical being together is going to be a lot more valuable than, than ever before, because we know what it is to be disconnected. So on that note, I would like to thank every one of you for coming by. Uh, McFreeze, uh, where can people find you should they want to get in touch with you? Um, the only thing I've still got left is a, a Twitter account, at McFreeze underscore, and uh, the rest of the social media has died down. Okay. Uh, Timmy? Uh, get me at Tim King Writer uh, on most of the major platforms, particularly Twitter, though. It's where I, I hang out most of my time. All right. Keith? Uh, KD Murray and KDMurray.com. All right. And also on Twitter. And Twitter and Instagram and yeah, most of the things. Okay. And of course, yeah, Nightwise is www.knijhtwise.com. That's nightwise.com. I am not on Twitter anymore a lot. I uh, am on Discord. And on our Telegram channel. So uh, we'll put the link to the Discord server in the show notes. And uh, that way you can join the community here as well, because it's always nice. And we have a nice little studio. And I also want to thank Craig the Bot. Craig the Bot is the bot that records us. Thank you, Craig. And, producer uh, Craig, thank you very much. Thank you, right. No, no, producer Keith, studio master <laughs> Tim, right. and 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 bot, bot jockey Craig. Uh, I want to thank you guys for coming out. Uh, we will see each other probably next week when we'll gather again in the studio and talk about uh, life on the edge of real and cyberspace, a term that has never been more fitting. And uh, we'll catch each other on the flip side. Goodbye. Thank you for coming by. Bye, guys. No problem. See ya.
after <clears throat> excuse me, edit that out.